Welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast, where you'll discover that when it comes to your health, you're so much more powerful than you've been led to believe. And now, your host. She's a holistic nutrition and lifestyle coach, chef, author, and yogi, Christine Ocasey. Hello, and welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast. I'm Christine Ocasey. Thanks so much for being here today. I've come to know that the habit that we really need to change when it comes to our health is the habit of this doing, 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 doing. You know, feeling like we're always on our way somewhere, never having enough time to get everything done, equating our worth with how much we can check off that to-do list. We wear our busyness as a badge of honor. But in this modern world, the price for being productive is living chronically stressed frenetically disconnected from our true selves and the present moment. The present moment, the only place where life is really happening. The present moment, reality itself. So this all-too-common habit of living suggests that joy, fulfillment, satisfaction can only be found in the final product of all our doingness, while the rest of our lives are experienced as something to be endured or suffered through. We forget that we are human beings, not human doings, and we make everything about the finish line and discount the journey. But living and staying grounded in the present moment is how we access our personal power to heal, transform, and evolve. Of course, if you're going 100 miles an hour most of the time, focusing on your beingness can feel super uncomfortable So it is first and foremost a life skill, and like any skill, it takes practice. Well, today's guest is Jesse Kanzer. Jesse Asya Kanzer was born in the Soviet Union and at the age of eight emigrated with her family to Brooklyn. Her intense personal struggles put her on a spiritual journey during which she discovered the Tao Te Ching an ancient text that reminds us that there's great power in slowing down in our lives. It forever changed her life. Her new book, which comes out next week, is Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching. In her book, Jessie gives us practical, actionable insights on how 2,400 years later, we need the Tao Te Ching's lessons in self-awareness and grounding more than ever. Jessie is a writer, former reporter, and actress. Her work has appeared in the Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times, Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, and many more. I can't wait for you to listen to our conversation, where she shares how perfecting the art of doing nothing could actually be the most productive thing you've done in a long while. If you do like the show, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a rating and review. And if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, please do so. It helps people find the podcast easier. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the episode. And hello, Jesse. Thanks so much for being here. It's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Christine. It's a pleasure for me as well. Wonderful. So you are an expert in doing nothing. I love this. Okay. It gets, it really gets everybody's attention in, in, you know, just in the world that we're living in today. But before we dive into how one becomes an expert in doing nothing, I'd like to start, if you don't mind, by sharing a little bit about, you know, your childhood, where you grew up, and then just 
on reflection, how it's really kind of shaped, you know, your, your journey to what you do now. Absolutely. Because right. What better way to start than at the beginning? (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Uh, So I was born in the former Soviet union and uh, my my family left uh, seeking asylum status in America when I was eight. And it was a really long and pretty arduous journey through various other countries. We came here as refugees and there was almost an immediate identity loss that took place for me Mm. because as a child, you're of course, not assessing where you live in any other way than this is home. This is what I know. And of course, in hindsight, I understand why we had to leave. But as a child, this is my home. And then this is not. Mm -hmm. And I ended up being in a place that was vastly different. I I liken it to going from black and white to Technicolor because the Soviet Union had very little choice. It was, you know, behind the Iron Curtain then. And uh, the choice here is what really overwhelmed me along Mm -hmm. with, I didn't get a welcome from my peers. And I think a lot of it had to do with coming to America on the heels of the cold war. Mm -hmm. But as we now know, there's always this, darker side of humanity where we make someone the other. And so I happened to come at a time where I was the other. And um, so I really worked hard to fit in. Um, My Mm. name was a different name. It was Asia when I was born. And, you know, I changed it to Jesse. I worked really hard to to get rid of my accent and to fit in (laughs) and to make friends and to be the kind of person that people wanted to be friends with. And along the lines, I lost touch with my natural, original identity. And in hindsight, it is that loss actually that put me onto the spiritual journey that I've been on ever since I'm 40 years old now. I'm still on that journey. Mm. In the search for self, I have discovered magical, wonderful ancient teachings like the Tao Te Ching on which my book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, is based. And my low points are what created the longing for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Now, these low points, just Mm. to quickly summarize, I ended up with an eating disorder as a teenager. I struggled with depression, anxiety, and then I was deeply unhappy, not in touch with my true self. Mm -hmm. Nobody would know that on the outside because I presented this perfect, Mm. you know, put together person. And now when I see people who are completely 100% put together. One of my eyebrows raises (laughs) because I think there's something that might be being hidden there. Um, And what happened was I graduated college, got into a major car accident. So at that point I was physically broken, emotionally suffering. And that was my beginning with looking at the simplicity and the easeful wisdom of the Tao Te Ching of this ancient philosophy and using it to slowly come back to myself. A reclaiming uh, a journey back, right? Yes. So, so, exactly. so interesting how, and, and there's so many beautiful themes in there that really do weave, you know, through every seeker's journeys, you know, who am I, you know, who who have I always been, you know, and, and how can I you know, show up more as that in the world, right? And that's been so beautiful to use all those tragedies and trauma to, you know, as, as opportunities, as doorways, as I like to say. I, Christina, I, I can't agree more. I really think 
that, and it's hard sometimes to swallow when we're in the midst of the trauma or the tragedy, but I think that every hardship brings a gift. Mm. Sometimes it may take time for us to recognize that gift. Yes. Yes. So the Tao Te Ching, um, what inspired you to, you know, follow it, to dive into it and then ultimately, you know, write this amazing, you know, body of work in your book? So I was struggling, um, and I still sometimes do, if I'm honest, with um, addictive tendencies. That's what I, you know, I don't like to label myself any longer. I used to say I have an addictive personality, but I don't say that anymore. I say there are some addictive tendencies in this, you know, human body that my soul is walking around in right now. Yes, I appreciate (laughs) that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, like you said, a lot, a big part of identity is figuring out who we really are beyond, beyond all those limitations. Uh, And in fact, you know, I'll say real quick that my, my book is divided into three sections. Mm -hmm. The first of which is identity. Yes. Identity awareness creation. So there's steps to actually stepping into our powerful life. But so for me, I was dealing with various addictions Food was an addiction for me. The mm-hmm. binge purge cycle was an addiction for me long after I cared about what I looked like because it's something that started in um, that precarious teenage phase when mm-hmm. we are really trying to be like the perfect women we see in magazines. And now, unfortunately, for the girls on all over Instagram. And uh, yes, yes, it may have started as that. But, you know, many years later, I did not care anymore. I just wanted to get out of this addictive pattern but that's not always easy. So okay. I was reading a lot of books on addiction. And then I, you know, I was also addicted to nicotine. And later mm-hmm. when I healed my, my uh, bulimia and I quit smoking, well, mostly quit smoking. I, I developed a love addiction. I was just like mm-hmm. this obsessive <laughs> love addict. And so in dealing with my addictions of the time, I read a lot of books on addiction. One of these books was called A Million Little Pieces, uh, and it's a book by a man named James Fry. It actually had a lot of controversy around it later because it was presented as a memoir. There was some fiction in it. Mm. There was, you know, Mm. there's a lot of controversy that came up. Mm. But for me, what it was was the gateway to the Tao, because in his Mm. book, speaking about his own recovery, he talked about the Tao Te Ching and how it helped him and he would walk with it. And so I, to me, the biggest, how it often is, it's like an out of nowhere discovery in mm-hmm. that book was this Tao. So I immediately ordered the little pocket-sized version yes. of the Tao Te Ching, which yes. I've had for decades. And that's where my journey began. And then I had other books and you know, I had, by the time I wrote, don't just say there, do nothing. I had dozens of translations of the text because I was so curious about the various takes on it. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful breadcrumb to just sort of be planted there, you know, and then set you off on this quest, you know, to go deeper into it. I love it now. So before we go into a little bit more about the Tao Te Ching, um, it's not religion, right? It's and and so if you could just talk a little bit so folks know understand is it like Buddhism you know what exactly is Taoism in that regard? 
Absolutely. And you know what? There are definitely a lot of parallels between Taoism and Buddhism. The Tao Te Ching, the way I look at it and the way many scholars have looked at it over the years is as a philosophy, as this really brilliant philosophy from 6th century BC, BC that is as relevant today, which is amazing to me. I'm like, okay, we've grown, we've done things <laughs> as humans, but human nature has not changed. Yes. It keeps yes, talking yes. about the human nature that we need to kind of sometimes rein in our our need to compare ourselves, our need to listen to everybody else, our need to mm. please people. The Tao really gets into blocking out the external noise, listening to yourself. And I think, my God, like, when is that more relevant than right now when we Absolutely. have so much noise? Yes. But there is also, of course, a Taoist religion. Uh, I don't know enough about that to really talk about it other than the Tao Te Ching is only one of many texts that used that is used in the religion. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's almost like, and I think you referenced this in one of your writings, is it's the oldest self-help book. <laughs> That's what I call it. That is what I call it. Yes. This is brilliant. And it's really just, you know. Um, some guidance on on how to live, you know, a better life, and and that's what's so wonderful about it is that it is universal, and obviously you've made it very actionable. So let's dive into one of your favorite or, or one of the most popular, you know, verses in the in the book, which is "Practice not doing, everything will fall into place." Now this is really kind of hard to get your head around if you're going, you know, 21st century, you know, pedal to the metal living, right? What does it mean? What is non-doing, Jesse? Yes, and it is not an easy concept to wrap your head around today. Mm-hmm. Um, non-doing is something that the Tao Te Ching comes back to time and time again. How being is a, such a big part of existence that we sometimes lose in all of our doing. So the Tao talks about how doing and non-doing mm-hmm. complete each other. How life is both the vessel which holds the stuff we want, and it's also the space inside the vessel that allows mm-hmm. for us to, for the stuff to be there, for the stuff to exist. Right? It, it, it has this great imagery that it uses. What is really essential: the walls of the house mm-hmm. in which you live, or the space in the house that allows you to live there. And the point of the Tao is often that you need both. Okay. So when you practice non-doing, everything will fall into place. This idea has become really special to me because I was born in a very achievement-based culture. And then coming here as an immigrant, you really do have to hustle. You you see your parents really hustling. And oh, you know, we're all most of us are immigrants in one form or another. And we know that it comes with this hustle culture because you're trying really hard to establish a life to reach the American dream. Mm. And I think in a lot of us, we have this, uh, I I call us achievement addicts, the humans of, (laughs) of today, you know, we, right. right, We need, we have the next goalpost. We have, we're always doing the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. Like, (laughs) you know, we got to have our plans in order, but the Tao reminds us that you also need to incorporate non-being or may I say, don't just sit there, do nothing (laughs) into your life. You need to incorporate stillness into your life to allow for the stuff to fall into place for all the work you've been doing. Give it a chance to to land. If you're Mm -hmm. always just moving forward, we talked about how I Mm -hmm. kind of found my path to where I am today 
as a writer. Um, if you're always pushing forward, you are going to miss the breadcrumbs that are being left for you there to you pay go. attention to. Right. And that's right. why it's so essential to stop, to pause, and to take in the message messages that life itself is sending us. Mm, beautiful. So it's not being passive, right? And it's certainly not doing it's not it's not waiting for stuff to happen right because this is the uh, the tendency that you know we're all conditioned you know so i have to make stuff happen if i you know i have to go out and get what i want right i look at you know so that the the joke in don't just sit there do nothing is it's funny you're doing nothing it's like you're actively doing nothing yes it's the paradox um, yes right it's a, exactly and 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 the Tao Te Ching is filled with paradoxes <laughs> because life is, because life is, because we're two Beautiful. things at the same time. You know, I say mm. in the book, I say, I am both a sweet, generous person and I have pangs of jealousy. You know, that's <laughs> how, that's how life exists for us in this physical form. And, uh, you know, I talk about my children a bunch and don't just sit there, do nothing. And my daughter, my oldest daughter always used to say when I brought the baby home, she, she would be like, mm-hmm. I love baby. And I not love baby <laughs> to this day. You know, I kind of, I make, I make my family hike a lot. Me and my husband are big hikers, nature people. And she's mm. like, She'll she'll say I like hiking and I don't because it's such a you know hardship sometimes to get them out the door to yeah. get them geared up and it's yeah. funny um, the Tao it talks a lot about allowing for this duality to exist mm. because because it's here anyway so yes it's not about being passive allowing yourself this time to do nothing to just be but it's allowing for moments of pa- passivity. Right moments you because if you're always doing, then you you're probably missing the gifts that the messages, the lessons that life has all around us. Mm. We need to pause to take that in. Yeah, yeah. There's a subtle a subtlety and or a sensitivity that you know is worthwhile. You know, in in cultivating, I think. Yeah. And the other thing, this is something I talk about as well. I have a chapter in Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing called To Want or Not to Want. Hmm. This is my, um, you know, as as a someone who's studied philosophy for a long time, and this is something I grapple with all the time when I looked at, look at Eastern teachings like Buddhism as well. Hmm. I don't think that in our human form, not wanting is possible, completely right. not wanting. But I understand what the Tao, what, what Buddhism, what those teachings are offering us and telling us that freedom is found when you can separate yourself from desire. The Tao says that as well. I I get it that in watching myself, the second section of the book is awareness after we realize our vast identity. Beautiful. Awareness to me is like a superpower because in watching ourselves, we really get it. We get the human condition. We're not completely able to escape it, but in seeing it, we don't, we know that, you know what, I don't have to give into those thoughts or I don't Mm -hmm. have to give into that constant chase. But what I've noticed is with desire, it's really interesting. Do we really take the time to celebrate when we accomplish whatever it is that we're seeking to accomplish? Or do we usually, I see desire as this thing that always is moving two steps ahead of us. Yeah. We we never arrive. We never arrive. We never arrive. You're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. And I see Mm -hmm. that now, you know, I've wanted to write this book. I've wanted to publish it. Well, here it is. 
Am I just like, oh my God, here it is. I'm done. Of course not. Of course not. And there's always, you know, and so if you're just waiting for these desires to actualize to, for you, for yourself to get the baby, to get the job, to, mm. to get the husband, to get whatever, if you're waiting for those things to be happy, you're tricking yourself into a life of unhappiness because right. there will always be another desire and another desire. So I, I think it is fine and it is normal and it is beneficial to have our desires as humans, but we need to be able to separate ourselves and to understand that it's in the non-being it's in the, it's in the non-doing in the, in the being in the present moment where real happiness resides. That's, that's really the teaching, right? And that's what we hope to embody is, because we I always like to say the mind, you know, it, it time travels, you know, it's, it's ruminating about the past or it's worrying and trying to predict the future. And when we're doing that, you know, we're in fantasy. We're also in stuff that we can't change. So where, where, where are we, you know, we're missing exactly where life is happening and that's present moment. Right. So again, I, I love the way that you say that, which is, you know, all these um, kind of notions of who we are aren't outside of us. And I think that in and of itself is, is really what we're talking about, right? Which is that, okay, I'm not the, I'm not the author. I'm not the writer. I'm not the mom. Right. And then can I be curious about, well, if that's not true, then who exactly am I? And I think it's that just being on that path, you know? So it's this curiosity I find that's really very playful too. In, in that yeah, it is. It really is because, you know, enlightenment, I like to say is lightening up. It is understanding that beautiful. You, we make, we make life a lot of times very serious. And yes. of course there, and of course there are serious things that happen, but like, if you are unable to just have fun some of the time, yeah. what, what is it all for? Exactly. exactly. Like you said, you'll get to the end and <laughs> you've always been moving forward or ruminating about the past. And you never had the chance to really savor these little moments that make up a life. That make up a life. Exactly. So in your book, um, at the end of each section, I know you do um, offer some great ways to practice this, right? To And you call it do your Tao, which I think is awesome, right? So yeah. maybe if you could share like, um, you know, maybe a favorite way or two that you do your Tao to embody this theme of not doing. Like, you know, everybody yeah, was- thinks, okay, do I have to meditate on a cushion for 30 minutes? You know? You know, and that's a great question. And the reason I do this mix of Do Your Tao, my book happens to be 47 chapters. Now, the Tao Te Ching itself is 81 verses, but this book would have to be two tomes in order to cover really the the full Tao. I chose my favorites. And then also a lot of the Tao is repetitive in Mm. a good way um, because, you know, we're thick-skulled humans and we need need repetition to really, and what it does, I've noticed, is is it portrays the same idea in different ways. Okay. And so I've tried to do the same thing in my do your Tao section. Some of these exercises are actual exercises for those of us, for those of us doers who love to write things down. <laughs> and <one of> them. <laughs> you know, yep. there's actual exercises, which you can journal, which you can go and take this action outside of, you know, outside of this book. But there's also plenty of exercises, which are just shifts in the way we think. Mm. And those happen to be my favorite love because- I feel like a lot of the self-help world offers like kind of blueprints. Like if you do this and you do these steps and you do that, like you'll be happy forevermore. And I, after doing these things for years and buying all the self-help books, I've realized, and I've taken wisdom from each of them, but what I've realized is there is no one answer for all of us. Everybody, what I love about the Tao is it tells us 
we are all searching for our own way. Because just for folks who don't don't know, the Tao Te Ching translates as the book of the way. Mm. And what I finally realized after reading it and reading it, that what it's telling us is we each have to find our own way. That's beautiful. Yes. There's not like one universal way. Absolutely not. Yes. What it is always urging us to do is to reconnect with our inner selves to find that way. And there's a universal way of reaching your own personal way, if that makes sense. I know that's complicated. There there are universal, helpful actions and shifts that will bring you more in touch with yourself to find your own way. And so, you know, I have my galley here, not the real book yet. And I will read for you one of the do your Tao sections. Um, You know, I... I am not objective here. So I, I, I kind of like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So Thank you. It doesn't really matter which one we come upon, but see, I just, what I do sometimes with a lot of self-help books and with the Tao is I turn to any page for mm-hmm. guidance. Yeah. You know, I love, I love just, yeah, yeah. just trust what, what do I need to know in this moment? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love, um, I, I believe in everything. I like to say, I believe in everything, at least a little bit. I believe That's in all nice. of the mystical yeah. teachings out there. And I, I like to bring in a little magic into just everyday moments. Love it. So I happen to turn to a chapter called mystics wear leggings. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> which, which to which the idea of that is that we're all mystics, that we're yeah. all teachers, that we're all leaders, gurus, etc. Yes. And so this do your Tao section says, who has let you down lately? Your partner, your guru, your government. Mm. Fuck them. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> Not the people I mean, but your expectations. Release them. Right now, with your very next exhale, let these expectations go. Mm. One breath for the guy, another for the friend, and on and on and on, including letting go of the heavy demands that you put upon yourself. Yes. Until the only expectation remaining is breath. Notice how much freer you feel without the weight of expectations and disappointments. If nothing else, your own release is worth it. With this newfound freedom, you can seek and create your own happiness daily. And it's also a transformative practice for your relationships. Some will strengthen, others simply simply dissolve as the ropes of what is owed loosen. But set your kids free, set your parents free, set yourself free. And as with many an exercise, this one needs to be repeated over and Mm -hmm. over again. Oh, my God. These days... I expect little from anyone or anything in particular, but everything from the universe and the universe always delivers. Wow. Thank you so much for that, Jesse. That's brilliant. I love that. So much wisdom, but again, making it actionable, right? And it's like you said, awareness is your superpower, right? So if you endeavor to say, okay, what is it that, you know, I always like to say it's, it's like getting a clearer perception of what's real you know, in terms of, so it's not like I'm changing things as much as I'm just getting more of a genuine experience of reality in that regard, right? Because we have so much stuff going on. We have stories and beliefs and conditioning and shoulds and supposed tos, you know, sort of cluttering up our perception. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, it was so interesting um, in doing some research. I was writing a chapter in the book about what is real. Actually, the chapter is called What is Real? And right. it is in the awareness section. Yes. And I came upon all of this research that shows us that even our memories are completely subjective because what happens is we experience something, our perception shapes the way we store that memory in our brain. Mm -hmm. And then we ruminate on that memory and our perception shifts it even more. And so by the time years pass and we hold on to this memory, we don't even know if that... Actually, we do know that that's not the exact events that occurred, but that is right. our perception. That's right. That's right. Right. And again, getting underneath of that, you know, we are so much more than our memories and, you know, our our beliefs and goals and all of that. And we have to realize that we can get stuck there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the section that I happened upon by accident, but like I, I, you know, I need these reminders for myself all the time. I say, I, you teach what you teach need, to, what need learn. to learn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Um, the the this idea of expectations that we hold of other people, That's it's so one. interesting. It's so interesting. Um, the great teacher Wayne Dyer, spiritual teacher, who I used to, yeah, you love him as well. Mm-hmm. And he always used to say that a lot of people are just walking around looking at something to be mad at. Yes waiting to be irritated. Right. right? Exactly. Yes, yes. And I've noticed, I've noticed that, well, you know, this was so interesting. If you let go of expectations, you have nothing to be mad at anyone for. Yeah. Yeah. How, how weird is that just to let go, you know? Okay. Because everyone's doing what they're doing from their perception mm-hmm. or from their knowledge. Mm-hmm. I read this other great quote, which was stop getting mad at people for not supporting you. Most people can barely support themselves. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, a lot of people precisely. don't have, they don't have that much to give. And when you stop getting mad, you stop expecting from individuals. I have noticed that, you know, the universe does deliver. It's mm-hmm. just not going to be in the form that you thought it would be. And it's often from a different source. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I always say that, you know, is, is, you know, we can make ourselves, you know, set on our desires and set on our goals. But then if we surrender, and I think that's the major theme here to, you know, throughout up this work is, is it's, you know, I'd love this or something better. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm going to be humble enough to know that, you know, something beyond my imagination is available. I just, you know, with, with my perception, which is limited, you know, um, something better is always coming for me, you know, but again, you hold that, that's the expectation of en- that's the energy of expectation, I think, is more, more empowering, right? In that I, I agree with you completely, because we have, as we've talked about, a limited perception. And there's things, there are things and forces at work that are much greater than just our, yes. you know, small, little, <laughs> myopic viewpoint. <laughs> 100%. And another uh, great little energetic shift that I love is everything is always working out for me. I use that. I use that when things feel like they're not working out. That's when I use it. When things feel, you know, to have gone against my plans. That's right. I say to myself, things are working out for me. I just don't see the, the big picture, but that trust, that trust is what you're talking about as well. It's, it's uh, it is life-changing, you know, in that regard. And I've, I've actually done, you know, I, I love that one. And what I find useful is reflecting on 
past experiences that have really, you know, gone sideways, you know, at the moment. And then being able to say, look at that, I opened up to, I just said, you know, I don't know, I don't understand it now. And I, and you can see, you can see how it unfolded in retrospect exactly and more divinely than you could have ever predicted. I mean, it's, it just gives you chills and which reinforces, I think for me, that yes, okay, everything is always unfolding for me on my behalf, you know, that kind of thing. You're so yeah. right. And uh, I wrote under just to do nothing also that if I had had my way from my limited perspective, everything I wanted would have already taken place. <laughs> I would have, I would have been, you know, I spent years as an actress. Wow. Uh, yes. Yeah. Struggling, a struggling actress. I would have, I would have been a famous actress or I would have already written 10 books. I would right. have been done. I would have been done. It would have been over. Everything Amazing. is already, you know, and then we do see that in hindsight, but it's really, really transformative to remember that in the moment within our disappointments to be able to let them go within our thwarted plans to be able to realize it's working out for me, even if I don't see how. So beautiful. Um, so one of the, you know, the wisdom of the Tao also, also helps us feel more compassion for ourselves because we're so hard on ourselves. You know, um, we have such, mm, we can have a lot of sort of self-doubt, a lot of, you know, sort of internal judgment that we kind of walk around with that inner critic, right? Um, how does the wisdom of the Tao, you know, help us find that level of compassion for ourselves so that we can actually feel more compassion for other people? Well, that's a, such a good point because that is how you give anything to anyone else is by giving it to yourself first. And the Tao tells us in one of the verses, Lao Tzu, who said to have written the Tao, um, which by the way, um, historians think is probably an amalgam of people, the way Homer was. So nobody really knows, but not that okay. it's important. This wisdom exists for us and that's the main thing. Yes. But uh, Lao Tzu wrote in one of the verses that I'm really just teaching three things. Hmm. simplicity, patience, compassion, hmm. starting with compassion towards yourself. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so simplicity, which I think is so valuable today. These days. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, and it's really a lot about simplifying your thoughts, your frantic energy. Uh, for me, a lot of it is understanding where I'm leaking energy, sometimes endless scrolling. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, because- it's interesting. You could be really busy, like I am right now, to be really busy and also be easeful about it. Yes. And when I do my work, when I do my Tao, I get mm -hmm. there. Or you could be busy and frantic. And a lot of it is about all of the thoughts and all of the um, obsessive rumination about all the stuff you have to do, all the stuff that mm -hmm. is expected of you, this analyzing of what will happen, all of this running around of our monkey mind. Mm -hmm. So if you simplify to just what's right in front of you, mm -hmm. you exist in a, in a more easeful kind of energy. And then patience, of course, is understanding that change takes time, that creation takes time. And then the last part, which is what you asked about compassion, starting with compassion for yourself is not beating yourself up every time you are, but human, you know, I know all of these things. I wrote this book and I, and I could be very, very human a lot of the time. And my husband jokes, are you kidding me? You're not spiritual at all. You know, he's joking, but <laughs> yes. you know, cause they're, cause we all, we all have moments of our humanity 
which is our imperfection. And we're not meant to be perfect beings. So practicing this patience and compassion towards Mm. yourself Mm. allows you to love yourself through your messes. Yes. And then that makes it so much easier to let other people off the hook. When you let yourself off the hook, you can let other people off the hook. And and conversely, you know, when you let your partner off the hook, when you let your significant other, your mm-hmm. your loved ones off the hook, then you set yourself free as well. Mm, thank you for that. That's wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. So you've mentioned, you know, how this might be able to help relationships. How does this help you become a better parent? Maybe give us an example um, of, you know, how you do your dad when it comes to being a mom. So Again, I am not perfect, but I do have a wonderful relationship with my girls, knock on wood. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of it does come from awareness. Yes. Um, I write a lot about parenthood and don't just say there, do nothing. I have a chapter called the Tao of mom and um, we're all the great mother because the Tao Te Ching talks a lot about being the great mother mm-hmm. and that this great mother is available to all of us. Mm-hmm. And what the great mother is, it's an energy w- that gives unconditionally and never gets exhausted in the giving. It's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> right, right. You're laughing. I know. I, I think that all of us eventually tap into that great mother when we have babies, because mm. otherwise, how, how the that's hell would true. we even yeah. survive? That's right. We tap into this great mother that's able to just like take care of our little Buddha beings <laughs> completely selflessly, completely getting nothing back. I mean, babies, they're, True. yeah. And mm-hmm. we are able to do it. And, and, and for me, it took time. I did have postpartum depression, but okay. when I did find my way and I talk about this, that, so with babies, what really helped me is this idea of the great mother and this understanding that sometimes the Tao says the great mother is like a bellows, mm. empty, but inexhaustible. And in the beginning, I was anything but. But what I realized is in mothering, I got closer to the great mother. It wasn't that the great mother, that this great instinct was just took over. That's not how it was for me. Right. For me, in the doing, I became it. So in the process. In the process, right. In the process. And sometimes I realized that when you're scared, when you feel unsure of yourself in any format, not just in parenting, and you do it and you allow yourself to just do the next step and the next step, you grow comfortable in the process mm-hmm. just through existing in it itself. Not not because you find that knowledge first, the mm-hmm. knowledge comes in the doing. But um, one thing that really, that I think the Tao really teaches that's really helpful for parents mm-hmm. is this idea of letting people be who they are. Yes. This idea of allowing others. Uh, the Tao talks a lot about leadership, which I actually bring into parenthood mm-hmm. in sense, can you lead people without the need to, without controlling Control. them? Control. Yeah. This can you lead without controlling act. Right. Mm -hmm. Lead without controlling, love without expectations. Huge. And for parents, I think that's the only way to parent. You, we try, we could try to control, but it's an illusion. It's an illusion. illusion. It's a complete illusion. And I say in the book that our kids come to us with their souls fully loaded. Yes. And we contain them, we serve as containers for them in Mm -hmm. the beginning to contain them in this world as they learn to navigate it. 
Mm-hmm. But we do not tell them or nor can we tell them who to be. Right. We watch them and we evolve as parents with them. Yes. Because yes. each child is different. And so I say the very useful thing to do as a parent is to let go of all of your expectations of your children. You know, I think our society is so used to like saying like, oh, my wishes for my kids, or I see her as this, I see him as this. And I hear, I hear parents do this and I know it comes from a loving place, but I say you want an easier path for yourself and your kids. Let that go. Yeah. Watch your kids and really take joy in, in seeing them become their fullest versions of themselves and let them show you who they are. That's where for me, real joy comes in. Mm, I couldn't agree more, Jesse. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So much wisdom there. Oh my gosh. If you could go back in time to talk to, what would you whisper in her ear? Like all the wisdom that you know now, all the experience that you, you know, you've, you've gathered to this point, what would, what message would you have for that younger version of yourself? This is what I've realized quite recently that I wrote the book that I wish I had read in in my time of great struggles. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Feel and chill, right? <laughs> right. And you know what? You know what? Honestly, though, I probably wouldn't change a thing. I probably would let yes. her you know, I would want to, I would want to lessen her struggle, but because of course, when we look back at ourselves, we feel love for ourselves, our young, confused, miserable Mm -hmm. selves. Mm -hmm. But I had to go through that struggle in order to be able to have so much joy in my life right now. You know, I really believe contrast creates context. This idea of like going through hardship as a bad thing, the Tao says there's no light nor darkness, just an endless dance of shadows. Mm. So this Mm. understanding that that bad period, quote unquote, actually wasn't, it was the period I needed to fully experience my power in overcoming my struggles to fully experience the joy that I was then able to create. Mm. So maybe I just whisper, hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. Thank you. So, um, these days, I'll, I'll just wrap up with this. As we move out of this pandemic and sort of navigate this new normalcy, whatever that looks like for us, um, what's the best advice you know that you have for folks trying to live and navigate today's world? I would say, please do not rush back to whatever you thought the normal was back then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Take a moment, give yourself the time and don't rush this kind of understanding that's going to probably take us a long time to fully grasp the understanding of what this global pandemic is teaching us. Lovely. Yes. Take a step back, right? And actually just notice and pause and take it all in instead of just going back to the doing, right? And I've noticed in my life as a mom, and I'm sure that many, many of our listeners, of your listeners can relate that Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of us just kind of initially brushed back, rushed back to packed schedules. That's right. Lots of activities, lots Mm of, you know, let's just feel, let's feel normal. And a lot of it was about trying to recreate some normalcy for our children. Sure. But in watching the children, 
I noticed that they actually, they're actually more okay than we are. (laughs) And even when they're not okay, you know, I think it depends on the age. My kids are still young. They're five and seven. Mm. Um, They, they adapt and they kind of accept whatever is going on right now. Mm. And whether they're struggling through it or they're thriving, they're doing it fully in the present. Yeah. As children have the gift of being able to do before life happens. Right. And I, you know, I, I initially did the same thing that we all did and I rushed back to all the activities and now I'm taking a little bit of a step back Mm. and I'm trying to simplify life. However I can for my kids, for myself, honestly, for myself and I'm allowing for space. So space to know what needs to come in, not a packed calendar, not a packed schedule. I love it. Thank you. And so tell us, you know, about your book, where can people get it? You know, what's going on? Um, Anything that you'd love to share right now? Maybe I didn't ask you. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I, I can talk on and on and I have a feeling you can as well. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a longer podcast for sure. (laughs) We we could go on and on about, you know, and I love sharing. I have so much confidence about sharing. Don't just sit there, do nothing because yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in it. This wisdom is really old. You know, it's so much easier to share wisdom that you can't take complete credit for. But as someone who's, you know, who's a writer, who's a creator, what I've realized is actually all of us creators Mm. have to ultimately step out of our own way in order to let our wisdom and our beauty and our creations to come through us. Mm. So I don't really take uh, credit for my creation and I'm able to take other people off pedestals as well. People whose work I love in the understanding that real great work, which I do think my book is, which um, don't just sit there, I think has a lot to offer folks, but real great work is it's not mine. It's like the kids. They are not mine. <laughs> it's not mine. It came, it came through me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And so all my work exists at jessiecanzer.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R.com. All the ordering options, which of course this book is available where books are, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop, et cetera, at at your local bookstores. Um, But I also have free resources on my site because Mm -hmm. first of all, people can sample this book. They can read the first couple chapters, see if they like it. There's also bonus chapters uh, that because I had a limited word count. Okay. I committed to a word count. I went over it. Oh my. Because <laughs> I like okay. to talk. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. So, so there's great. bonus materials. I have a free ebook on there as well uh, that I jokingly call Manifestation. <laughs> it's about, <laughs> about creating with the easeful teachings of the Tao, creating our life that way. And okay. um, yeah, so everything's there. I'm on Instagram at Jesse Kanzer as well. And I love sharing this with folks. So Whoever wants it, it's available to you. Oh, thank you. I can just see that, you know, this is, I, I read the first two chapters, I just want to say, and I was hooked. I was like, no, there's got to be more. So <laughs> I can't wait to order my copy. And, and you know, it's conversations like these that bring the wisdom of the ancients, you know, to life and to relevance today. And I think that in of itself is just the gift that you, that you offer is you start these conversations and you just, you know, and it sort of has this beautiful ripple effect, which is the benefit you know, of living these days and having a podcast and having a blog and all of that is, it's great times, great times for this work. So thanks, Christine. And I couldn't agree more. Like we always talk about the negatives of living in this highly 
technological mm-hmm. time, but let's mm-hmm. remember the positives that we're actually, you know, all tools are what we make of them. So if we're using it to create unity, to spread wisdom, to spread some ease to each other, I think we're doing okay. Exactly. Oh, well, thank you, Jesse. This has been wonderful. I wish you all the best of luck in your launch and um, can't wait to see what you're going to do next. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for Thanks, having Jesse. me. Take care.